We are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering. We hope you can join us at the Royal Grammar School on Guildford High Street, Sundays at 10am. Enjoy the message. Thank you very much, Chris and John, for getting us started. I was going to uh, invite the children up now, but they already know what they're doing. They've already got themselves organised. So this is going to be a shorter talk than normal, and it's it's kind of for the adults, but there's also bits for the children to join in. So children, do listen out because there'll be bits of um, things coming up on the screen and I'll be asking you to do a bit of voting on quizzes. So keep your ears open for that. So my name's Stuart Parker. I'm one of the elders here and my wife, Jean, is here and our two sons are part of the kids' work as well. And Jean and I oversee the pastoral care in the group. So pastoral care in this church is primarily done through the life groups to join the life group and uh, we sort of oversee that. We're going to be carrying on with our Mark series today so if you've got a Mark booklet um, do turn to that. I think it's page 48 in that we're going to be looking at chapter 7, the first part of chapter 7 today. Um, Normally we'd say put your hand up if you need a Bible but I think they're right in front of you. I think there's Bibles everywhere here which is great. Um, So, as we come to the end, well, towards the end of another year, I wonder if many of us start thinking, what could I do better in 2022? Maybe you've not asked yourself that question yet. In particular, what can I do more to grow in my relationship with God? Should I join the early morning Bible study on a Monday morning? Should I sign up to another serving team? Yes, please do that. Um, These are good questions, and... All those are good ideas to consider, but today's passage looks at the danger of allowing religious habits to become the main thing. So if we get a mindset of something like, hmm, if I get up early in the morning and pray, that will make me right with God, won't it? Then Jesus actually has some strong words for us today. We're going to look at today's passage in two chunks. Firstly, in verses 1 to 8, Jesus says, don't replace God's commands with human examples. And then he goes on to give an example of how the Pharisees that he was talking to were doing just that. And then the second chunk is verses 14 to 23, where Jesus turns their thinking on their heads, whereas the Pharisees thought that actually eating these banned foods at the time made you unclean. Jesus explains that we're we're natu- we don't t- need to take food in to make us unclean. We're naturally bad on the inside. Don't worry, there is some good news as well. Um, but that's a little introduction. Let's pray, and then we'll sit- have the first reading, which is actually going to come up as a video. So let's pray. Father, thank you that you know us inside. You know exactly what we- we're like, and yet you sent your son, Jesus, to die for us. And I just pray, as we look at your word today, that you speak to us in his name. Amen. Pharisees and some of the teachers of the law who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus and saw some of his disciples eating food with hands that were defiled, that is, unwashed. The Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they give their hands a ceremonial washing, holding to the tradition of the elders. When they come from the marketplace, they do not eat unless they wash, and they observe many other traditions, such as the washing of cups, pitchers, and kettles. So the Pharisees and teachers of the law asked Jesus, 
Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? He replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. You have let go of the commands of God and are holding on to human traditions. Thank you. We'll come back to the second half uh, later on, um, but we're going to start with the first few verses. When I first hear this passage, so we're just going to go back to the start of Mark 7, I have maybe some sympathy with the Pharisees. I mean, they hear, they see the disciples eating food with unwashed hands and they challenge Jesus. I mean, I often hear myself saying to my own two sons, when they enter the house, you know, wash your hands before you touch anything. I mean, after a year of COVID, we're all well-practiced at hand-washing, aren't we? But actually, this passage is not about hygiene. You can see in verse 3 that... Is that verse 3? There we go. Um, That this is not about cleanliness. It's a ceremonial washing, holding on to the tradition of the elders. It's not about washing off germs but it's about the Pharisees actually separating themselves from those who were considered unclean. Now, there were laws that Moses had received from God about how Jews could become ritually unclean, how to clean themselves. You can read about them in detail in the books of Leviticus and Exodus early in the Bible, but that's not what Jesus is challenging them on here. Jesus is challenging the additional rules that the Pharisees have added We can see a few of them here in verses three and four. Before you ate anything, you had to do like a ceremonial hand wash or if you've been shopping at the market, wash your hands. You had cups and pitchers and kettles. You had to wash them in a special way. Again, I don't think we're talking about doing the washing up. Obviously, it's good to do the washing up, but these are additional uh, rituals that um, the Pharisees had said, oh, you must do this, you must do that. Now, we've all got rules that we follow that are not directly from God. And they're not wrong in themselves. So let's pause for a moment and do a little survey about what the rules are in our homes. So kids, you might want to uh, just see what's on the screen. Do any of the children know what... I'm just going to bring this down here. Any of the children know what this picture might be? Uh, Okay, Uh, Cameron, just see. No shoes in the house. Okay, no shoes in the house. Thank you very much. Um, Can you put your... Put your hands up if that's a rule in your house. No shoes in the house. Okay. Up, no shoes upstairs. Okay, so that's great. And next one. Okay, what's, what might this be a rule about? Any of the children know? Any of the children know something about a phone? Yes. What do you think it might be? It might be electricity. Electricity. Might be something about electricity. What in particular? Do you have a, a hand up? Something about a phone? Oh, yes. Here we go. What do, you, what do you think might be a, a rule it's about phones? Fa- it's phones. What might be a rule about phones? Do you have a, a rule? Don't go on the phones, the screen for long. Oh, very good. Yes, yeah, so I think that will do. So don't, don't, maybe about a limit about screen time. So does anyone have um, a limit about how much screen time is allowed in their house? A few, not many. That's interesting. Okay, so some people have limits on screen time. Um, let's move on. Hand washing. 
Um, does anyone have a rule about washing your hands before you come in or before you eat, something like that? Anyone, anyone got, got a rule about that? Yeah, good. That's all good, isn't it? Um, I think Deborah. Deborah, you, maybe you can explain this last one. What's, what's your rule, what's special rule about toothbrushes? I've got to, like at home, you've got to brush your teeth before you eat breakfast, not after. Wow. Okay, has anyone, anyone got that rule at home? Before breakfast, that's quite, that's quite strict, isn't it? Anyone got a before toothbrush? Oh, there you go, Deborah. You're not the only one. So quite a lot of people have to wash, brush their teeth before breakfast. Great. So um, there we go. Quite a lot of... And after, of course, I'm sure, yes. Um, good. So we've all got our own little rules, and there's nothing wrong with having rules, as long as we see them as guidelines in our li- lives. Isn't that right? Okay, let's get back to the Bible passage to see what Jesus objected to in the Pharisees' attitude to rule-keeping. The Pharisees clearly don't like it when Jesus and the disciples disregard their rules. It says here, Why don't your disciples live according to the tradition of the elders instead of eating their food with defiled hands? Now the Pharisees have clearly become obsessed with their own rules and Jesus challenges them. He calls them hypocrites in verse 6. In fact, in the next verse, he cites the prophet Isaiah and accuses them of paying lip service to God. Lip service is like when you say you're going to do something, but you don't really mean it in your heart. These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. So the problem here is not that they've added a little bit of, a little bit of rules here and there. These... Um, these rules are, are summed up in verse 8, really, right at the bottom of the screen here. Jesus says, you've let go of the commands of God and you're holding on to human traditions. So these are not helping the Pharisees to follow God's rules. No, this is a substitution. It's a substitution. It's a reversal of how it should be. The Pharisees have become so absorbed in their own man-made rules that they've let go of God's commands. Their own laws have superseded God's laws. So here's the challenge to us. Have we created ourselves religious rules that are to be followed more closely than how we follow Jesus? Okay, it's confession time. Now, I follow a Bible reading plan with some friends on a WhatsApp group. Here's a little snapshot. It's great, isn't it? We've got a, a nice little checkbox. Um, can you see over on the right-hand side? By every day, you've got a nice little checkbox. You get to tick when you read the passage for each day. And I've I got to admit that I find it quite easy to skim through the passage, tick the box, and feel very satisfied with myself. I've done my Bible reading. Who in here loves a tick box when, you, when you've done something? Okay, a, no, I'm not the only one. Um, I feel sometimes even better when I put a little short message out on the WhatsApp group before... Anyone else in the group does? Doesn't that feel good? Not only have I done my Bible reading, but I've done it before breakfast. Sadly, God is not impressed by my tick boxes. Of course, he does want me to read his word and to think about it each day. But it's not about the outward appearance, is it? It's like it was with the Pharisees. It was about showing off to other people. Tick the box, post on the WhatsApp group, move on with your day. No, that's not how it should be. My heart attitude should be to seek God in his word. Do you see the difference? So that's my little confession time. 
the thing that starts off as a good habit all too easily becomes legalism. And you might have your own examples of religious things that you do that easily turn into ticking boxes and feeling smug. Right, I'm going to skip over verses 9 to 13, where Jesus gives an example of how the religious leaders have substituted God's commands with their own rules. Feel free to have a look at that another time. But let's have a look at the final verses from our passage now. and We'll just watch the video on this for the verses 14 onwards. Again, Jesus called the crowd to him and said, Listen to me, everyone, and understand this. Nothing outside a person can defile them by going into them. Rather, it is what comes out of a person that defiles them. After he had left the crowd and entered the house, his disciples asked him about this parable. Are you so dull? he asked. Don't you see that nothing that enters a person from the outside can defile them? For it doesn't go into their heart, but into their stomach, and then out of the body. In saying this, Jesus declared all foods clean. He went on, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. Okay, that's as far as we're going to go today. So these verses here, looking at verse 14, Jesus is talking about the Jewish food laws at the time. The law in the Old Testament had very specific rules about what food Jews could and couldn't eat. And in case you're thinking, "Mm, that's a bit strange and old-fashioned, well, actually, doesn't our society really have rules about what foods are healthy and unhealthy? It's a bit different, but, you know, these days people might judge another person who likes their pot noodles and ice cream a bit too much. So I've got a little test for you, see how well you're doing this. And children, you might want to join in, and I'm going to show you a few things. I'm going to pick a few of these things. And what you have to do, use your thumbs. Adults can join in as well. A thumb up is healthy. A thumb down is unhealthy. And if it's kind of up for debate, well, you're not allowed to go into all the, diff- the, the sort of technicalities, but just kind of do like a halfway. Okay, so let's start with the corn on the cob. Do we think healthy, unhealthy? Okay, mainly children, anyone voting? Yeah, quite a lot of people think corn's pretty healthy. I think that's, that's good, a good call. How about cola? A nice can of cola. Whoa, lots of thumbs down. I think only thumbs up from people who love cola, probably. Um, how about, yeah, how about um, a sandwich? A sandwich. Okay. Some indecision here. Some indecision. Quite, yeah, quite healthy, but maybe, maybe it depends what you've got in the sandwich. It's a jam sandwich hidden under all that lettuce. Maybe that's not so good. Um, uh, and how about, does anyone have these anymore? A toffee apple. Toffee apple. Toffee apple. It's difficult, isn't it? <laughs> some people going more for the apple. Some people going more for the toffee. Some people kind of caught, torn a bit halfway. Toffee apple. Love them. Okay, so there we go. Healthy and unhealthy. Um, the, but the Jewish food laws weren't primarily about whether foods were healthy. They were part of God's way of making the Jewish people different 
from the nations around them. If you were allowed to eat it, okay, get your thumbs ready again. If you were allowed to eat it, it was kosher. That's a thumb up. If you weren't allowed to eat it, it was not kosher, thumb down. Now, all these rules are in the Bible, mainly in the books of Leviticus, the book of Leviticus, right near the start of the Bible. And I'm hoping some of you here are going to help me out because you know your Bible super well. Um, you might know the answers to my next little test. So here we go. I want you to vote with your thumbs and tell me whether you think this, if this, if this were a food, would it be kosher or not kosher? Now, you might even be shocked that someone might even eat a, a lovely little cuddly kangaroo. Is a kangaroo kosher or not kosher? And you can't go halfway. Okay. Children, what do you think? Well, no, we're, we're about 50-50 here. Okay, if you look at Leviticus 11.3, a kangaroo is not kosher because they don't chew the cud, they don't kind of eat the grass, and, and their hooves are not split. So that's, that's the rule there. Okay, what about this? This is a tuna fish, kosher or not kosher? What do you think? Children are fairly convinced it's kosher. Few people think not kosher. It is kosher. Um, tuna have both fins and scales, and that's what's important. The type of fish, if it's got fins and scales, it's kosher. Okay, the last one is always the hardest, isn't it? What about this? We're back to burgers. What do you think? So it's not about healthy or unhealthy. It's about kosher or not kosher. Come on, you've got to, you've got to go for it. You've got to, don't just look around and see what everyone else is doing. Kosher or not kosher? Okay, quite a lot of not koshers. Now, this is, this is interesting. This is not kosher. It would, it would have been kosher if it were a hamburger, but because it's a cheeseburger, you've got um, dairy and meat... And there's a curious little verse in Exodus 23, which is a bit strange. It's about you're not allowed to boil a, a, a young goat in its mother's milk, which is quite strange. But um, from that, Jews would see that you're not allowed to have dairy and, and meat together. So there you go. That's a little bit of a kosher test. Um, let's go on to the next verses. Mark tells us in these, verse, in these verses, 17 to 19, that Jesus declared all foods clean in verse 19. Now, the kosher laws were from God, and I've shown you the Bible references, but here Jesus was saying, actually, the time for those rules, those particular rules, is over. They had a purpose for a time to set apart the Jewish people separate from other nations. But now Jesus has come for all nations, Jews and those who are not Jews. So those rules are no longer necessary. We know from earlier in Mark, don't we, from what we've already looked at, that Jesus has the authority to change the law. He has demonstrated his authority over storms, over sickness, over spirits, and even over death. And he gives us a little biology lesson here in verse 19. Food doesn't go into the heart, but it goes into the stomach. I'm sorry, I don't exactly know where the stomach is on the body, but it's not right there, maybe. Um, and then out of the body. That's good news, isn't it? You, can't have a, you can have a cheeseburger for lunch now. We're freed from the kosher laws. Um, now that Jesus has abolished these rules, you can have a prawn sandwich. You can probably even have a kangaroo sandwich. Has anyone ever anyone had kangaroo? Anyone going to admit to that? Okay. A few people have had kangaroo. Okay. 
Um, you're allowed to. But why does, that, why does he say that food doesn't go into a person's heart? I mean, everyone knows that food goes into the stomach, not the heart. Well, the final few verses today will make it clear. Look out for the, final, for the, mention, the next mention of the, of the word heart in these final verses, 20 to 23. Can you see it there in verse 21? It's out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. Now, verse 19 was a little biology lesson, but verse 21 is not a biology lesson. When Jesus talks about a person's heart, he's not talking about their blood pump. Can you find your pulse? Children, do you want to join in with this? Do you want to put your hand, can you find your heart in the middle? Can you put your hand on your heart and feel your heart pumping? If you can, that's good news because it means you're alive. (laughs) Your heart beats about 100,000 times a day, uh, about 35 million times a year. In an average lifetime, the human heart will beat beat more than 2.5 billion times. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us each an amazing pump to keep us alive. But that's a complete red herring because this blood pump is not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about what is right at the center of people. Just like your blood pump is right in your middle, when Jesus talks about the heart, he uses this organ as an illustration of what's at our core. And Jesus says, we don't need to eat bad things to make us bad. We already know how to be bad. And he lists a whole long list of ways to be bad. And he says, actually, these things, don't they just come naturally to us? Nobody taught me to be greedy. I've always known how to take more than I need. It comes out of my heart. Nobody taught us how to lie, did they? We each discovered it for ourselves, probably at quite a young age. We can't fix the problem of evil by outward rules because our hearts generate evil thoughts. Is there anyone here, okay, this is the toughest question today, is there anyone here who has not had an unkind, selfish, greedy, or arrogant thought in the last week? I dare you to put your hand up. (laughs) Have a look around you today. This is Hope Church and visitors. Do you see a group of unkind, selfish, greedy, and arrogant people? No, that's not what I see. I mean, God has done a lot of work on us, hasn't he? But at least in myself, he's still got work to do. And then a minute ago, didn't we all, by not putting our hands up, admit that we have an ongoing problem with evil thoughts bubbling up inside of us? No amount of religious rule-keeping is going to sort us out. The problem with the Pharisees is that they thought keeping their rules would make them right with God. But Jesus explains that the problem of sin runs deeper, much deeper, right into the heart of each one of us. But the good news, I promised you good news at the start, didn't I? The good news is that the gospel of Mark brings us, we'll see as we continue to look at it, that Jesus has come to deal with this problem of sin. Jesus tells us in today's verses that on our own, we're rotten to the core, but Jesus comes to sort out the problem of our hearts. As as Mark's story continues over the coming months, we'll see that Jesus came to make us right with God. Not by man-made rules, not even with religious rules, but by trusting and following him. Nothing is hidden from Jesus. He knows every evil thought we've had and every bad thought 
bad thing we've ever done. But he went to the cross in the full knowledge that he knew how unlovely we were. And he invites each of us to bring our rotten hearts to him to make us truly clean before God. So to summarize our talk today, follow Jesus rather than rules. Don't replace God's commands with human rules. Of course, get into good habits with Bible reading, praying, serving, coming to church and so on. But don't make these your checklist. Don't let these become a substitute for what we were originally supposed, what they were originally supposed to help us with, which is following Jesus and worshiping every, every day. And secondly, we've learnt that we're not made bad from anything outside of us. It comes naturally. We can't blame anyone else for our bad thoughts and actions, but we do praise God. We do have a saviour to rescue us from ourselves and to give us his Holy Spirit to change us from the inside out. Let us pray as we finish. Father, thank you that you know us. You know what we like. You know every thought and action in our lives, even the ones that we hide from others. And yet you love us. You, you love us enough to send the Lord Jesus to die, to be a substitute. You send your Holy Spirit to us to change us, to make, more him, make us more like him each day. And we praise you for that. We confess that sometimes we, get, we allow our own uh, religious rules to get in the way of you. Help us to put them aside and to seek you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. We meet on Sundays at 10am at the Royal Grammar School in Guildford. We look forward to seeing you.